Welcome to Inspire Church's podcast. We're excited you're listening. Our hope is to inspire you to grow in God's Word, to grow more in love with Christ, and to go be a light wherever you are. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspirechurches.com. Good morning, everybody. My name is Roger. I am one of the pastors here at Inspire. So pumped as we get into this next message today. If you are a parent watching or a student watching, you have probably experienced your first week um, of what this new school normal will be like for a little bit. And I know things look a little different. We want you to know that we're praying for you, um, definitely. And I know that this is not what you expected, but if you feel that way, you've actually tuned in to the right message. And so I want to get in. Uh, We are now four deep in our Unstoppable series, and I hope, you know, it's been challenging for you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope it's stirred you. Um, You know, over these last few weeks, we've been learning to reset and to refresh, right, Uh, while asking this question with all of the different difficult circumstances that the early church experienced, you know, how was it that they were so unstoppable? How was it that this church movement, that the gospel was so unstoppable? And being able to kind of look uh, through the book of Acts and compare that to kind of what we are going through now, and and I realized that there was, in many ways, it was very different, uh, but in some ways, that there's very, that there are things that are very similar. Um, and so, you know, we are, we are definitely taking time to become an unstoppable church. And sort of the theme that's been running through ever since week one is that Phil said this. He said, listen, before the church could become unstoppable, it first had to stop. It first had to be in a place of waiting, and, and but not just waiting, but waiting actively, an active waiting. And so I just want to continue to stir that within all of us, that, that we are actively waiting um, because the church is unstoppable. And, and you know, I don't know if you've experienced this lately yourself, or like myself, I've watched the videos, but have you seen the videos of people getting tested for COVID, or maybe you yourself have been tested, and, you know, they, they take the long swab, and they shove it, you know, all the way up your nose. I feel like I'm watching some sort of, like, Egyptian, you know, mummy documentary when I see that, and it's crazy because different people have different responses, right? Some people, their eyes tear up. Other people act like it's, like, no big thing. Uh, and when I watch that, every time I'm intrigued and I want to say to that person, well, wait a minute, I have a question for you. Almost like the question that you get when you go to the doctors, right? From a scale of one to 10, how uncomfortable was that? Or what was the pain level? It, it, you know, from one to 10, you know, what, what did that feel like for you? What was your experience? And sometimes I wonder if we apply that to the same concept to following Christ. Like, from a scale from 1 to 10, Jesus, how difficult is it going to be to follow you, right? From a scale to 1 to 10, you know, how much am I going to have to serve? How much am I going to have to give? How, mu- how much of my time am I going to have to sacrifice, right? For, uh, uh, from a scale of 1 to 10, Jesus, how easy and happy will my life be? Or how hard and difficult will it be to follow you? 
And I think often we ask that question because we want to know things like, what's in it for me? right? Or, I, I, you know, we, we, we like being prepared. We, we want to know what to expect. Um, and a lot of that is because in reality, we, we want to be in control. And one of the things that I hear frequently when talking to, you know, some of you uh, and, and to others uh, is like, listen, this just isn't what I expected. I mean, you know, starting out and, and what we're going through now, this, this is not what I expected. Um, and that's really what I want to talk to you today from that thought, this isn't what I expected. And, and how is it that the early church was unstoppable um, when it faced unexpected times? So where we pick up today in the book of Acts is, is uh, the day of Pentecost just came. Um, you know, God uh, empowered, filled those that are in the upper room. You know, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And so now what Paul's doing is people from all around are wondering what's going on. And Paul is now explaining to them what it is that they are seeing, right? And, and he's giving them the gospel. He's giving them the good news. Um, and explain to the people that were gathered there what it is that they were witnessing. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick up in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 29. Let's read. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him an oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah and that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. But watch this, God had raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he uh, has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not um, ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool to your feet. Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. Watch this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Wow. That's pretty intense. Can you imagine how hard it was for the listeners in that day to sort of figure out, to comprehend, um, to make sense of what it was that they were uh, uh, hearing, what it was that they were witnessing, what it was that they were experiencing, that, that somehow the very Jesus that they rejected was the only one that could give them any sort of real hope. And, and Peter, Peter was saying, listen, I I know that, um, you, you know, you, you weren't sure what it was that God was doing. I, I, I understand that you didn't understand what God was doing at the time. And I know it didn't look like it, but the reality is, is that God was doing some amazing things and we were witnesses of it, right? 
See, every Jew uh, was waiting for the Savior to come. They just didn't expect him to come as a baby born in a manger, but as a royal national leader. Um, they, they didn't expect the Savior to die on a criminal's cross, but instead to come over and overthrow the, the Roman government, right? Conquer the whole Roman Empire for all eternity. And what Peter is doing is Peter is giving them a new perspective for the situation that they are in. And with that new perspective, he's also giving them a new hope. So let me just take a few minutes to kind of unpack what it is that Peter is saying very quickly, and then uh, we'll pray and go through some of the points of today's message. P Peter is letting everybody know that this man, Jesus, was actually both, watch this, Lord and Messiah. Lord and Messiah. Lord was a Greek concept, and Messiah was a Jewish concept, right? And this is important because Peter was saying that Jesus was not just the Messiah, the Savior, was not just God of the Jews, but, but that Jesus was God for everybody. That, 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 that this wasn't just a Jewish hope, but that this was a hope for all humanity, right? And, and, and how exciting of news is that, that, that Jesus Christ did not, that, that what he did and, 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 and what he did on the cross and, and, and his resurrection was not just for Jews, but it was for the entire world. And then Paul says this, I'm sorry, Peter says this, he says, oh, and by the way, you killed him. <laughs> the, the very one you killed, yeah, that's the guy. I mean, talk about being hit with something unexpected. It, this reminds me of when I watched the movie Up for the first time, the Disney Pixar movie. Have you guys watched it? Yeah, man, let me tell you something. So here we are, we're in the theater, you know, the movie starts, and, and, and it's really cute. Uh, so, the, you know, these two little kids come on, these two cartoon kids come on, and, 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 and they get to know each other, and, and, and they're playing together, and, and they want to be, you know, world explorers one day when they grow up. And, and then they, they turn into teenagers, and they have, cr you know, a crush on each other, and, and then eventually they, they, they become young adults, and this whole time they have this little jar because their dream is to go and explore and one day live in a place called Paradise Falls. And so any kind of mo little money that they can scrape up, that, that any extra change they kind of put in that jar as a savings because one day together they're going to go to Paradise Falls. And so you see beautiful memories of all the different things that they're experiencing, right? And, and, and they grow up and, and before you know it, the world is changing and, 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 and now they're, they're old. Um, and then she gets sick, and you begin to take on a whole different picture of what's going on in their lives, and then she dies. Then she dies. And this is like a few minutes of the movie. And I'm looking around this theater and I'm thinking like, what kind of Disney movie is this, right? And I'm not, it's not even five minutes in, I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm emotionally eating, right? I'm taking my food, shoving it like, oh God, what's going on, you know? And I'm not just my food, but I'm like grabbing the dudes next to me, like his popcorn and stuff. I don't even like popcorn, right? And when I go to the, I don't know what you get. When I go to the movie theater, for me, it's like pretzels and cheese, you know, get some of those like sour watermelons, you know, with, with a big drink. Like 
I guess I get, I don't know what you get. I would love to know what it is that you get when you go to the theater. Maybe throw that in the comment. Maybe you're a popcorn person. Maybe you're like a nacho person, right? Just throw in there whatever it is. Put it in the comments what you get when you go to the theater. But for me, I'm sitting there and I'm definitely emotionally eating. My, you know, my Reese's Pieces is gone. My pretzel is gone. I'm crying. I'm bawling. This is not what I was expecting at all going into this movie. Totally unexpected. And it's interesting because this is definitely not what the people around was expecting to hear. This is not what they were expecting to experience. And the reality is, is that Peter was communicating um, something that they were not anticipating. And so, and so I'd love to read, well, how did they respond to this uh, news, to this event? And it says this, and starting in verse 37, it says, when the people heard this, watch this, they were cut to the heart. Cut to the heart. Um, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? The, their response was this. It says that they were cut to the heart, and they're like, what are we going to do? I mean, what, what are we going to do about this? So for the remainder of our time today, I want us to walk through three points. Number one, the cut. Number two, the cutter. And number three, the cutter who was cut. The cut, the cutter, and the cutter who was cut. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God. Your grace is sufficient and is enough. And Lord, I pray that as we look at uh, the disciples, as we look at the apostles, as we look at your early church in the book of Acts and how they endured, how they faced all sorts of various experiences, Lord God. And, 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 and some of them were great, but a lot of them were, were, were troubling and difficult, and yet they were unstoppable. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we will have ears to hear and a mind and a heart open to receive, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that we will take your word, Lord God, and meditate on it and, and, and chew on it, Lord God, and that, and that it will be nutritious to us, Heavenly Father. And Lord God, as we go into your word this morning, Lord, I pray that whoever it is that's listening, whether they're on the couch, maybe they're surrounded by family, maybe they're in a car, uh, maybe they're listening to this on, on the podcast, you know, while they're working out, whatever the situation is, I pray that this word, Lord God, will speak to their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to look at this phrase, they were cut to the heart. I want us to get the idea of what this means um, in the Greek because this actually is a phrase that isn't used very much in the Bible. And so point number one, the cut. You know, it says they were cut to the heart. I mean, th this is not what they were expecting. In fact, you know, when you talk about hope, when you talk about Christianity, when, when you talk about becoming a Christian, most of us enter in. When we first get saved, we, we enter in because we say, yeah, listen, I'll accept Jesus. Uh, you know, anything to, to better my life, anything to make my life, you know, more comfortable, anything to make my life convenient, anything to make my life, uh, uh, you know, more happy. You know, sure, I will follow Jesus. Yes. 
yes, I definitely want that. I can admit I'm broken and I need, you know, somebody to come in and, and to enhance my life. We're, we're, we're down for that, right? And, 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 and so it's this thing that's like, yep, you know, we'll take it. And, but what happens when as a Christian, you go through experiences that you did not expect? In fact, all through the book of Acts, the followers of Christ faced times that they would have never expected. For instance, the 12 apostles were imprisoned, they were threatened, they were beaten. Just read chapter 5, right? Or, or the death of Stephen, stoned by Jews who couldn't stand his message, chapter 7. Or, or the apostle James, the brother of John, who was murdered later by Herod Agrippa I. Check that out in chapter 12. The, that same Herod who killed James put Peter to prison just in order to please the Jews. Or, or Governor Felix left Paul, an innocent man, in chains for two years. Let me tell you something. These men and women, they were falsely accused and beaten and mocked, and, 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 and these apostles eventually were murdered. Now, if you were to turn back the pages of time and if you were to visit them before Jesus ever came on the scene and if you were to tell them, hey, you know, you're going to drop everything and you're going to start following somebody that's claiming to be the Messiah and, and he's going to be killed on a criminal's cross and then you are going to be beaten, you're going to eventually be murdered, they would have been like, you are crazy. There's no way that's going to happen. Why? Because when they said yes to Jesus, they, they eventually ended up encountering things that they never would have expected. Some of these things were great things. Healings, right? Uh, demons being casted out, right? Uh, uh, social barriers being broken. Uh, they, they witnessed the multiplication of fish and bread and walking on water. Some of these things that they weren't expecting were awesome things, and we don't mind those kind of surprises. We, we don't mind God guiding us. We, we don't mind us following Jesus as long as the staircase is going up, as long as we are going to mountaintop experiences and being able to see beautiful views. We don't mind that, but what happens when the same staircase that goes up ends up going down into dark, uh, uh, dark caves and, 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 through, and through difficult canyons? It, it, it's, it's, it's the difficult parts it's the, it's, we didn't expect this, the negative, the, the hard things that we don't expect to happen. That's the part that we have trouble with. It's so interesting. For some of us right now, you are going through something that you did not expect to happen. Right? You didn't expect for this season of COVID to last this long. Shelter in place and social distancing and wearing masks. You didn't expect this to happen. Uh, uh, the, the ability to, 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 to gather in churches or not gather in churches, right? To have, some of you didn't expect to have to postpone your weddings or be with your, not be able to be with your loved ones in hospitals. Some of you did not expect to have to file for unemployment or not be able to pay rent. So, some of you didn't uh, expect to have, to, to have your kids not 
not go to school or do a hybrid or a fully online version. And th- I mean, th- this just isn't what I expected. This just isn't what you expected. If you were to look back in January 2020, you would have never guessed this. And for some of you, that's the struggle. For some of you, that has created a silent frustration because this is not what I expected. And every time you end up encountering something else that you didn't expect that was negative, it feels like you're being cut. Feels like you're being cut. You know, if this room was filled with people and I were to go around with a knife and saying, hey, listen, who wants to get cut? Go ahead and raise your hand. I guarantee nobody's gonna raise your hand. Why? Because it hurts, right? Getting cut hurts, right? No, I mean, nobody's gonna be like, yeah, getting cut's fun. No, of course not. It hurts. But there are two different motives for cutting somebody. One is to hurt them, and the other is to heal them. See, there's two motives for getting cut. One is for, to hurt them, and the other is to heal them. And how do you determine which motive it is when doing the cutting, right? Well, what do you look at? Well, you don't look at the cut, you look at the cutter. You don't look at the cut, you look at the cutter. Number two, the cutter. See, the gospel both cuts and heals. The gospel is the good news in light of the bad news. And when God allows there to be a cutting in your life, its ultimate purpose is to heal you. You know, like a surgeon on an operating table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he is, is not only the Messiah, right? He's not only the Lord. Remember, Peter says he's the Lord and the Messiah. He's not only the Lord and he's not only the Messiah, but the Bible also says that he is the great physician. In other words, in other words, listen, when, when God is, it gets ready to, to sort of cut you, when we read this phrase that they were cut to the heart, it is with that type of understanding that, that this cut is not to harm you, but to heal you. That's the ultimate purpose behind it. That this is a procedure that is happening, not destined to destroy you or diminish you, but to heal you. To heal you, to, to, to bring something new uh, in you and out of you. Wow. And so when we are experiencing these things, like, man, I didn't expect to go through this, and it, and it kind of hurts, it's kind of frustrated, I get it. But he is the great physician. The Bible doesn't just say he's the great physician, but he also says that he is the vine dresser. In other words, he is the one that tends the vine. He is the one that, that cares for the vine. Look at what John chapter 15, uh, verse 1 says. And when Jesus is talking about himself, he says this. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Okay, that sounds, you know, right. That sounds right. A a branch that's not bearing fruit, yep, gets cut. Okay, makes sense. Now watch this. While every branch that does bear fruit, he also cuts. Wait, what? 
wait, 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 stop, pause, time out. So he'll cut off branches, he'll cut branches that, that aren't producing fruit, right? But also branches that are producing fruit. So in other words, he, he'll also cut people that are producing evidences of, of the Christian life, people that are doing the spiritual disciplines within their life, people that are connected to him and getting their life from him, getting the source from him and producing evidence of that. You mean they get cut as well? Yeah, why? Why? What's the purpose of that? Well, he says, he says, for he, cu he cuts them back also. Why? That they might be even more fruitful. Wow. My, my great-grandmother taught me how to cut roses, and when, when you were to go to cut a rose bush, you wouldn't just start kind of cutting anywhere you wanted to. But you had to find the right leaf with, with the, the right certain amount of leaves, and, and you had to cut it in the right angle. And, and, and sometimes she, you know, she would go and she would cut off dead buds, but other times she would go and she would cut off, you know, perfectly healthy, beautiful roses, and not just to put in her vases, but it's because she would want to make sure that that rose bush continued to produce even more roses. See, the reason he allows the cutting is because of what it will produce. Two weeks ago, I addressed you, and, and this is sort of the same concept, and I believe it, it deserves to be looked at again, maybe from a different angle, but that, so that way you can kind of get the underpinning principle here, but, but, but that he will cut you to produce. He'll cut you to produce, and you don't expect it, that, that's, the, that, that's the problem, right? When, when, when we come into Christianity, we kind of come in with this idea that, that yes, God is for me and, and, and he is there and, 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 and he wants my happiness and he wants my joy and he wants my success and he wants to make sure that he protects me and he guards me from, from all evil and from all harm. And so then when all of a sudden we get cut, when he allows cutting, it's something that we don't expect to have happen. For many of you, during this season, you have faced things that you did not expect to have happen. Can I just say to you today that if you are a Christian, if you are a child of God, that those pains, those, those difficulties are just him pruning you to produce. To produce. You say, okay, well, that's great. Well, what, what did this produce for, for those guys in the book of Acts? I mean, when, when Peter is, is telling them, hey, listen, that this Jesus, he, he, he's the God of all and, and he's the hope of the world, right? Oh, and by the way, you crucified him? Well, what did that produce? What did that cut to the heart produce? Well, I want to show you, look at this, verse 37. They said, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, produce, that you will receive, produce, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that the promise, produce, is for you and your children, produce, and for all who are far off, produce, and for all whom the Lord God will call. <laughs> no one expects to be cut. But at some point, 
when, 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 when it, at some point when you realize that, listen, I need to grow, I, 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 I'm not producing in an area that I know I should be producing, right? Then, then, then cutting needs to happen. If there is something in you that needs to be healed, if, if there is something in you that, that, that can't just be, be, you know, modified with behavior, but you need to have a heart transformation, right? That sort of operative uh, work in you, then you need to be cut. And, and you have to trust the cutter, right? If, if you're going to go into surgery, at some point, the reason you're laying on the surgery table is because you trust the surgeon. If you didn't, you wouldn't be there. But at some point, you have to just lay it all down, put your fears to the side, and, 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 and say, okay, I'm nervous, or maybe I'm anxious, or whatever it is. But, but at the end of the day, I, I, this has to happen, and I'm going to trust the surgeon to do this. To, I'm going to trust him through this process. I'm going to trust her to do this to me. And, and, and so we have to have that trust. And I'm telling you, you need to trust the cutter. You need to trust the cutter. And that's difficult. It takes a level of humility. In fact, when you go back all the way to Genesis, when you go back all the way to the Garden of Eden, and you look at what it is that, that Adam and Eve are doing, and, 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 you, and most of you would probably know the story, but if you don't, let me just refresh your memory that, 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 that the serpent, which, which is the devil, comes to Eve and begins to tempt her to go ahead and take fruit from the one tree in the garden that God told them not to touch. They could touch every tree, but there's one that he says, don't do that. If you eat from that tree, you will die. And, then, and so then what happens is this, is, is Satan says, well, wait a minute. D did God really say you would die? And Eve's like, yeah, pretty sure that's what he said. And he's like, did he really say that? Because you know you won't die. You'll actually become like him right? And so go ahead. You, you, you can eat of that tree. And see, interesting thing is that Satan did not try to convince her that God didn't exist. Notice his argument. His argument was not like, well, are you sure that God's there? Maybe you're just kind of hearing voices, or maybe this is a hope inside of you because you're trying to deal with, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, uh, or, or all of this just sort of happened. He, he didn't have those. He, he did not try to argue away the existence of God because for him, what was more important wasn't so much whether you believed in his existence or not, but do you trust him? And what he was trying to say is, listen, you can't trust him. Sure, go ahead, go ahead, believe in him, but you can't trust him. And see, I'm here to tell you this morning that you can trust the divine cutter. You can trust the great physician. You can trust not just the vine, but the gardener of the vine. You can trust God. You say, well, that's a great statement, and, uh, but how do I know? 
I mean, how do I know I can trust him? So that's part of the turmoil that, that we wrestle with. Part of the reason why we worry or we stress is because there is something within us still that says, I don't know. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can really trust him all the way. I don't know if, I don't know if he has my best interest at heart, right? And, and, and so we're just not sure. And in reality, we just want to have control. That, that's why when, when, when we go to serve God and, and we go, and we go to, 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 to follow him, what, what most of us want, we say, okay, listen, I'll follow you, but I want you to show me not just A and Z, but I want you to show me every step of the way first. If you do that, then I'll follow you. And, 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 and the problem with that, you say, why doesn't God just do that? Well, because then there's not trust. There's not trust, right? For instance, if my wife wanted to come up and, hey, babe, love you, I'm sure you're sitting there watching this and you're beautiful. Just want to say, what's up, boo? But if my wife were, were to want to surprise me, right, and she were to ever to walk into the house and she were to say, hey, put this blindfold on. And if I were to be like, what, why? I'll just put the blindfold on. If I'd be like, no, I don't want to put the blindfold on. And she's like, babe, just, you know, just put the blindfold on. Nah, I'll pass. No, honey, just put the blindfold on, Right? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, right? What, what am I saying? I'm saying I don't, I don't trust her. But, but I can tell you right now, if I walked in the house and Becca would be like, hey, put this blindfold on, I might be nervous. I might be like, oh, what's going on, you know? But I would, I would put on, why? Because I trust her. Even if I don't know what the next steps are going to be, I have a level of, a, of relationship. Uh, there's a depth. There's a maturity. Uh, we, we have experienced things to where I know that I can trust her. I know 100% I can trust my wife. And I'm telling you, you can trust the divine cutter. Why? How do you know that? Well, because he isn't just a cutter, but he is the cutter who was cut. Point number three, the cutter who was cut. Look at this. Verse 36, therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus who you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. See, he's not just the one that is the cutter, but he himself was cut. Abraham had his son Isaac and tied him to the altar. And just as the knife was coming down, God stopped Abraham. The son did not have to die that day. But let me tell you something, church, over 2,000 years ago, on a hill called Golgotha, the knife did not stop. The son did die that day. And Jesus was cut more deeply than you and I will ever be cut. And because of that, we know we can trust him. Wow. I cannot help but wonder if part of what you were expecting was in this isolation having to deal with areas in your life that, 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 that you have been neglecting. I, I wonder if part of the problem, if when you say, listen, I, I wasn't expecting to have to deal with that, I wonder if one of the areas that you weren't anticipating 
dealing with is actually an area that you've been neglecting, that you've been ignoring, that you've been sweeping under the rug, but because of this isolation, because of, because of everything that's happened, it has now got to a place where it's now the elephant in the room. And, and up to this point, you had been busying your life so you didn't have to think about it. You've been busying your life so you didn't have to think about it. And, and now you're like, what am I gonna do? And you keep trying to busy it, but, but, but now it's gotten to a point where you can't ignore it. During this time, there's been attitudes of the heart surfacing, battles in the mind, maybe even sinful habits or lazy spirituality, pressures and anxieties confronting your inner life, marriage, etc. And you were not expecting to deal with this. And you say, what do I do? You allow God to cut you to the heart. You allow him a voice and a perspective to transform you. Oh, I know it's not easy. I know, I know, I know when, I know when it's time to, to get cut. I know that, that those are some hard times. I know that, that, that those are some nights where you're having to cry or nights where you're having to face some stuff or be broken and you're having to be honest about your anger or your disappointment or you have to be vulnerable. I, I get it that, that, that this means you're facing your demons. I understand, I understand. But this is a necessary process for your healing. This is what we go through. So that way, guess what? We can go ahead and produce. We can go ahead and bear more fruit. As I go to close, let me just encourage you with this final statement. The blade of the gospel is not the blade of a thief that cuts to hurt. It's the blade of a surgeon that cuts to heal. Wow. In this process of going through things and you're like, this isn't, this isn't what I expected. Can I just guarantee you that if you are a child of God, that when this is over with, that if you've allowed him to cut your heart and, and speak and apply the, the, the healing balm of the gospel to those deep things within you, if you allow that, that you will come out of this bearing more fruit and closer to Jesus than you've ever been before. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, as we continue, God, to look at your church in its embryonic stage, your, your church when it was new, the early church, and everything that it endured, uh, all of the trials and tribulations that it had to face. And yet, Lord God, it, the, 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 the church was unstoppable. And Heavenly Father, I believe that you are making Inspire unstoppable, that we are becoming an unstoppable church that we are aligning with your word, with your gospel, your word, Lord God. The, the, the Bible says that the grass withers and, and the flower fades, but your word endures. The Bible says that the, that, that, the very, that, that the very gates of hell cannot prevail against your church. It is unstoppable. And we want to, we want to come, we want to enter into that. We want to be grafted in. 
We want to we be cut so we can be grafted in. And Heavenly Father, if we have accepted you as Lord and Savior, then that's exactly what happens. And as we are growing, Lord Jesus, there are times of pruning and seasons of cutting and we are facing things that we did not anticipate that we would have to face this year. But Lord, we trust you. We trust you. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that if there's somebody watching this, listening to this, who for one reason or another has not allowed you, the great physician, the Lord and the Messiah, to come and cut their heart, to come and, and take an inner look at some of the deep things that they are battling with. If that has not happened, Lord, I pray that, God, you will just begin to move upon them, that your grace and your mercy, that your Holy Spirit will speak to them right now. And, God, that they, too, will say, I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I hope you guys have an amazing week this week. We are continuing this phenomenal series called Unstoppable. And I cannot wait to hear what God has been doing in your life. Bye, guys. I love you. Thank you for joining us for this week's Inspire Churches podcast. Don't forget to share or subscribe to join us every Sunday. You can keep up with Inspire Churches through Instagram at Inspire Churches or on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspirechurches. To support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description or visit us at inspirechurches.com for more information.